And welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forest Hill, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Papanuta of and Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Papanuta of luckymojo.com in Forest Hill, California, and Contraman Ali of thecontraman.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Workers, Madam Nadia of MadamNadia.com and Chicago, Illinois, bringing us today's topic on dealing with the dead in the Conjure tradition. Afterwards, we'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and repudiate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or rework as defined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Miss Kat and Conjurban Ali. Miss Kat? Hi, thank you, Papa Newt. Before we proceed any further, Papa Newt, you are speaking to us from Tin Can Submarine Central. So <laughs> I, I advise you to, to log off and call back in again because your sound is, you know, it's warbly. It's got that, it's got that warble to it. All right, thanks very much. All righty. Well, I want to say hello to everybody. Um, it has been quite a week, as I guess almost every week is some sort of a week. But this week, um, we're still dealing with the smoke from the Paradise Campfire, so-called Campfire. Um, we're still under a, a bad air alert. Can't really leave the house. People are still coming into the shop wearing masks. And uh, today is, you know, marginally better than yesterday. But I still woke up at three in the morning smelling smoke and. And thinking the house was on fire, which happens almost every night these days. So we're we're hoping for better times. And our heart goes out to all the people in Paradise and all the people in Southern California. Been a lot of mm-hmm. lives lost. A lot of people lost their homes. Um, a lot of animals lost their lives. A lot of animals displaced and looking for care and shelter. It's a mess. And... Um, and I guess the only other comment I have to make is um, regarding the way our, um, I guess I would just call him insane president of the United States. I mean, the man is insane. The way he no re- has responded to all of this is only to be expected and as insane as usual and um, and just only adds to people's grief, pain, shock, and horror that we could have a president who would treat us that um, this way, but such it is. We 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 learn to live with it. He threatens to cut off federal funds for um, disaster relief because he just doesn't like California. Well, you know, we don't need that sort of thing. Then he walks it back. Then he does it again. Today he he used a dirty word to to name um, a, a legislator that he could m- mock his name. The man is out to to see, and um, I hope it's a little boat sinks soon. But we're doing okay here. And if anyone doesn't like what I just said, um, just go type in news.google.com Trump um, (laughs) and I think you'll get the picture. Okay. 
Um, so um, it makes it hard to live with this kind of uh, nonsense going on all around. It's just hard to live. Mm. On the other hand, uh, Democrats have, have you know gotten some good uh, wins in the legislature, and that's all good. I hope that they're good people. Just because they're Democrats doesn't make them automatically good. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty is as pretty mm-hmm. does. Um, so uh, what we've been up to here at the shop is making products like we always do. We've been working real hard. Um, we are in an interesting thing. You know, it's um, when we when we get orders, we have to hand make everything. And then sometimes we have a long line of things that have to be handmade. And then other times we have a long line of things that need to be shipped. And um, lately, the making has been going really, really well. We've just been just spot on. Everybody's making product. And today is Squeaky Sunday. They're just handling the squeaks. Um, however, the shipping department is now impacted for miles. Um, <laughs> right, it's either one or the other. I mean, either we have um, 150 products, you know, 150 invoices with products to make and 50 in the shipping department, or we have 150 to ship and 50 to make. And oh. that's where we're at today. So if your products were all made and your package hasn't shipped yet, it's not because we haven't made them, but um, we have uh, two people shipping. Also, I would like to announce we have put out a um, a job application uh, notification. So we're looking for an employee at Lucky Mojo. And what we're looking for is not so much a maker right now because we got plenty of people making products. We're looking for someone who can handle office work and also probably be trained in shipping um, somewhat. We have two shippers, but Yosei is both a shipper and a maker. And Eileen is primarily a shipper. She does some product manufacture. Um, Leslie and uh, Nikki and Nicole handle most of the order entry, but Nicole really is better as a product maker and uh, would rather be doing that. Margie can handle, um, you know, uh, order entry, but she really would rather be making products. So we're looking for somebody who loves the occult shop business, loves metaphysical um, products, loves hoodoo, loves root work, loves dealing with a large database, and has some database training, and who lives nearby to us. We don't want anyone to relocate on our account. It doesn't always work out. In fact, I don't believe it's ever worked out. So just be someone local to us, you know, that doesn't have to go looking for a new job, a, a new home, rather, want to get the job. And um, we pay well, and we have posted um, the job application at Craigslist, and um, there also is um, online the same application, and um, and uh, Shiva just posted it at LuckyMojo.com. I just have to ask Shiva: Is that the general application one, or is it the application for the office, or is it just general? That's the form to fill out to, to submit an application. I see. Okay. That's the form to fill out that he just pointed out. LuckyMojo.com slash application dot doc, D-O-C. But uh, just keep in mind that this is um, for someone who has some experience working with um, order entry database, customer service, phone answering. That's what we're looking for today. We will, of course, train you to make products and teach you how to work with um, uh, the candles, teach you how to you know, everybody who gets a job at Lucky Mojo does end up taking my uh, Hoodoo Root Work Correspondence course and at no charge. Um, and it's normally a, a course that I charge money for, so you get that for free. Um, and 
you know, it's a nice work environment if you like living out in the country and seeing the leaves fall from the trees. So that's my mm. announcement for the day. Um, and I want to thank Jenna. The trains are running beautifully today. Great chuffing sound. Everything looks good. Tooting that whistle. It just looks so pretty. And um, anybody who wants a job at Lucky Mojo better be respectful of of train transport. Mm. You don't have to be a fan, but you got to go. Trains <laughs> are all right. <laughs> you don't get a job here. <laughs> all right. Um, so let me let me say hello to uh, Conjurman Ali. How are things in Southern California? Things are are going well. Thanks for asking, uh, Miss Cat. Um, been been quite busy. Uh, I do. Uh, we've mentioned this in previous episodes, but I do quite a bit of a, a magical work for uh, politics and uh, part of the kind of work that I do for the Order of St. Cyprian. So we were very busy leading up to kind of the midterm, and part of what you mentioned was the Democrats took the legislature. Well, I'm happy to report that Orange County, where, where I live, uh, also really kind of Reagan country, the heart of uh, American conservatism and republicanism for decades, turned completely blue. We put in Democrats, uh, literally none of the uh, districts in Orange County now will be represented by Republicans. My own district uh, was uh, run was being represented by a guy named Dana Robaker, who's a bit of a dickhead, if you don't mind me saying. Um, <laughs> and he's he's been in office as long as I've been alive, thirty plus years. So I mean, the, this was a like a huge turn, but we managed to pull it off. He's been kicked to the curb, and we we've, we've got uh, an entirely Democrat. The orange curtain has fallen, if you will, into the blue tide. So we're very excited about that down here. <laughs> That's what I've been up to for the past few weeks. Well, actually, it's well, months now. Well, um, I remember the days. I remember the days of, um, what was he called? And I've forgotten, the Wizard of the O.C. There was a guy yes. back in the day. What was his name? I've already forgotten. But um, but yeah, this may be um, the, the the man who protected Orange County from evil has finally <laughs> triumphantly triumphed. It looks like. <laughs> finally. Called? Yeah, the, the the wizard of the OC. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, oh yes, King Mage. That's right, King Mage of Orange <laughs> County. That's <laughs> yeah, that's who he was. Yeah, thank you, Nadia. Yeah, we remember. We remember the day. Triumph over you. All righty. Well, um, I also, before we go on, I do want to thank um, Lady Muse uh, for um, stepping in and co-hosting last week. A, a wonderful person. And if you don't want to uh, listen to her regular show that she does, um, you're missing a treat. Um, House of Self Empowerment. Um, uh, and she is she is a great. Uh, her show is on on Fridays. Fridays, yeah. Great, yeah, Fridays. Um, and so uh, a little shout out to her too. And um, I just got to also say I'm so happy to be talking to Madam Nadia. So mm-hmm. hello, Madam Nadia. Welcome. Oh, hello. Thank Glad you. Glad to have you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, nice. I'm, nice to I'm have excited. you here. I'm excited. Well, it's. It's always good to have you here um, visiting us and on the show with us. Um, before we start our panel discussion, I am going to give a little call out to some of the people who are in the chat room. Alchemical Artisans Hour, um, Angela L., 
um, Eye of Newt, the other part of Papa Newt. A couple of people guessed, guessed, and guessed. Miss Michael, how you doing, hon? Um, Moon Age Daydream is here, Reverend Dr. Sweets. Uh, Rose Shannon, Sterling Winter. So, um, yeah, uh, hi to all of you all. And um, tell your family, tell your friends, tell the kids on the block. Drop on by and listen to the show. You can get a free reading. And, um, you know, we, we had a, a, a lady in the in the forum the other day. She's like, I need a reading and I don't have any money. And like we told her, well, sign up for the show. She didn't. Um, there's no excuse not to get a free reading, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yep. can complain. You can complain about your life all you want, but if you've got a telephone line and a clock, you can be here now. You know. Uh, so anyway, she never showed up, and and I wish she had because she had a sad story. But uh, we're here to do readings. All right, we're going to talk a little bit. We got our panel discussion. We're going to talk a little about necromancy. Now, necromancy is one of those words that has many, many meanings. But really, it only has one meaning. Necro, meaning the dead. Mancy Mm -hmm. means the art of divination. So technically, technically speaking, necromancy means one thing and one thing only. And that is to call up the dead to answer questions about Mm -hmm. the future because they exist outside of the time-space continuum in the paradigm that one is living under, and there are uh, religions that don't have necromancy because they believe that the dead, well, as I was told, the dead in Christ sleep, and they would not be able to be called up and answer questions. And there are other um, religions, uh, for instance, famously Judaism, in which the dead are easily called up and made to answer questions. You might not Uh like the answer. You might not like the answer, but they will answer questions. Um, and I'm referring here to the the story of uh, Saul, and, um, and we'll just you know look it up in your Bible. You'll you'll get the whole story. So um, so there are uh, cultures that include uh, contact with the dead, and those that do not. There are con- cultures in which contact with the dead is always and only mediated by clerical hierarchical authority. In other words, you need a priest to call up the dead. And um, and there are other religions and cultures in which anyone can mediate with the dead through dreams, through an ancestor altar, or uh, just through sitting and chatting with the dead. So mancy, meaning divination, doesn't always apply. The word necromancy technically means having the, the dead foretell the future for you, but that doesn't always how people use the term colloquially. And necromancy can mm-hmm. also mean um, conversing with the dead for suggestions, for comfort, for um, advice. And uh-huh. it is not always predictive. Having said that, I'm going to turn this over to our special guest, Madam Nadia. Tell us all about it. Well, well, well. I will tell you that I've been dealing with necromancy recently or dealing with the dead more than usual. And it's kind of interesting to me because I think the older I get, the more I am uh, comfortable perhaps. And that's why I get more messages and I'm capable to do more as a medium. And also because a lot of my spirits that I work with very, very closely are related to the spirits of the dead, the spirits of the cemetery, 
and so forth. So I actually uh, wrote a couple of uh, uh, posts recently, and if you don't follow me on Instagram, you definitely should follow me on Instagram. It's the last three posts was like a series of three things, and it starts with um, the season of Scorpio because I think that this our season now is a very sort of potent time to connect to the dead, to the ancestors, to the other world, to the world below, if you will, to receive communication. But in addition to that, I had something that happened in my personal life um, recently that impacted me quite a bit. And somebody who was um, dear to me, who specifically practiced ancestral uh, worship and um, went one of the names that she went by, Ancestral Witch. Oh, uh, Yasmina. And her, Yasmina and her husband and daughter passed recently unexpectedly and they died in a fire. Now, mm. for those that don't know me well, um, might not know that I am a burn survivor. So That's right. it it connected to me on so many different levels. And Yasmina and I got closer in the past year. And actually because of her, I started an ancestral altar that I tended to for a year every day that enhanced my personal practice. But we never met in person. I followed her and her husband, um, a lot of live videos and so forth online, and I knew a lot about them. But... After what happened to them, I received very strong communications from the spirit and all kinds of occurrences that I didn't expect, like a close friend of her husband, actually, that contacted me of all people, calling me to come to the funeral and be part of that. Um, Sadly enough, the young daughter who we were hoping will survive, didn't survive, and I received clear communication that she's about to go as well. So it was very, very strong, and I'm kind of simplifying it. I'm already out of the feelings of what happened. But Mm. it was very intense for me. It was a very new experience for me. Like my smoke detector would start going in the middle of the night. And I sat and I had to question myself, like, why, why me? Yasmina had lots of friends. They had a huge community over there why and what is going on, but I felt compelled to do it. And so I ended up putting the dogs in the car and driving six hours, attended to all the funeral rites, and after that realized that all of her uh, hollow, she was a palera as well, items actually haven't been burned. They survived, and they didn't know what to do with it at all. So my job in this was not only to attend to the services, but also to connect between the friend and her tata. Yeah. So somebody mm-hmm. comes and picks up those things and does the funeral rites, the proper funeral rites for her and her husband who was initiated as well. Mm-hmm. So it was a very, very intense experience for me. And it was the realest experience that I had so far. So it made me sit a lot with the concept of how do we work with the other world, how we communicate with the other world, how we process messages from the other world, Mm -hmm. what is our job, you know, and I can tell you from my personal experience that, for instance, when I'm reading clients, 
I'm at the state, and I've been reading for over 20 years, that I will know that the information that I'm getting is not a regular reading. It's, let's say, the dead of the client or the ancestor of the client that's speaking to me. Mm. And I will feel it in my body, and the messages will come in a different way. Or I will know when my own ancestor speaks to me versus some random dead. And it was really interesting as well, because recently I went on Who the Psychic, and I get a call from a lady, and she's like, uh, I had a case of poltergeist. Can you confirm that, what has been going on? And what happened in that situation is that her mom died in Thanksgiving a year ago in that house. Mm-hmm. And um, she thinks that the mother was poisoned by somebody mm-hmm. else. And suddenly, a year later, things started moving. But it's interesting to me that as a medium that started getting stronger and stronger working with the dead, I started receiving more and more communication about it. And, mm. and, and that kind of works. So that is one of the reasons I wanted to talk today about it and bring mm-hmm. it to the discussion and see what you guys feel about that. Mm. You know, what is your information to communicate the dead? Why, why not? And, and, and yeah. is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? And so forth. Well, mm. may, if I can jump in here, uh, Yasmina was mm-hmm. a student of mine also. Yes. And um, and uh, her death was very shocking. I have been trying to piece together what happened. And I will like to just note that, that there is a fire safety issue here that I feel compelled to talk about. Uh, there were no smoke alarms in their house, and they were burning candles for clients in the house or for mm. worship in the house. I don't know that it was ever that I have I have been trying to find a follow up, and, and maybe you know this, Madam Nadia. Was there ever that has not yet they been were, published in the? They, they were safety alarms, and the the um, actually the information from the fire department never came out. There was never That's what a I report, and I will mm. be there. Actually, I'm going to be visiting uh, the family that I stayed with when I went to the funeral, and I'm going to attend to the graves again, and I'm hoping to see the older daughter that survived. There were fire alarms. Ah, were fire okay, because the original, I'm just going by what I read in the uh, newspaper. And mm-hmm. um, this all, by the way, this took place in a, in the town of East Point near Detroit, just for those who need to be caught up. Mm-hmm. Um this is a this is a serious issue that um, you know my uh, church the missionary independent spiritual church burned down to the ground um because of an exploding candle and um we had a whole shipment of candles that were made with faulty glass and were exploding and yet i didn't stop burning them because they cost so much money it's a 2200 dollars shipment of candles and after the fifth one exploded i should have said we're not going to burn these candles, but I didn't. I thought, you know, and one of them exploded and sent glass shards flying right by me while I was doing a reading in the church. I mean, just boom, glass just flew by me. Should have been a wake-up call, was not a wake-up call. Um, so there's two aspects to the this unfortunate, this terrible tragedy. Um, one is, please, readers, root workers, practitioners, please practice fire safety as best you can. But number yeah. two... Uh, leaving that aside, which is, you know, because I'm always here to try to help the living, you know, mm. please. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my church is was built separate from my house on yeah. a flagstone. 
It burned exactly like a chimney, the way it was supposed to burn. It burned straight up. It did not catch any other building on fire. Please, people, be careful if you're going to burn candles. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Yeah. But mm-hmm. number number two, that death has sent echoes throughout two communities, the Hoodoo community and the Palo community. And yeah. um and it was it was just terrible. It's no point now to say was it preventable? It's no point now to blame the mm. victim. It's no point now to cluck cluck. Just as when you had your um, horrible burn, Madam Nadia, you know we can all cluck cluck. Oh, she should have been safer. We live and learn, whatever. But it's not that. It also is. If it wasn't that, and we could call fire an occupational hazard of candle practitioners, mm-hmm. but you, you know we don't blame the people who get their hands crushed in the machinery at the conveyor belt, we don't say, oh, you shouldn't have worked in a factory. There is something about being a a root worker that causes people Mm -hmm. to look for a reason to put people down if they have what we would call an occupational job hazard or death. You know, nobody laughs at bakers who fall into the dough and die. They just go, oh, my God, that was terrible. You know, got dragged Mm -hmm. into the machinery and died. It happens. These things happen. So I don't think it's because God doesn't love root workers. I don't think it's because mm-hmm. God doesn't love mm. um, candle burners. Okay, it's not a. It's not a. Um, it is an industrial hazard. Okay, so Accident leaving happened. all. Yeah, leaving. I really had to say that because I have received those private face mail messages from the nasty little gossips. You know. And um, and you, we all have. Uh, when anyone dies, yeah. oh, it, they, they got unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, may she may she rest in peace and and the family. I I think of it about this often. It it was just terrifying, just a horrible horrible thing. Um, but my question for you, Madam Nadia, is what have you learned about the the role of such people? who have died under tragic circumstances with respect to their family, their friends, and contact. Um, do you perform services of contact with such people, for instance, after a tragic death like that? You know, this was my first time, and I felt very challenged. Because when mm-hmm. I started receiving very clear communication, and I knew exactly who it was, and you know when... She, um, Yasmina was from the Balkans. We have the same dry sort of mm-hmm. U- U- European humor. I could not doubt that. And the first thing that I had to say to myself, and I'm going to be really honest and be really real here, is that Nadia, don't lose your shit because of <laughs> how they went. Because for me, I'm a burn survivor. I lived mm-hmm. that. And I had to question myself, like, how did I, while being pregnant, walked out of something like that? And mm-hmm. they didn't, and had to sit and, and say, this is not my job right now to think about that. I am being mm-hmm. called by spirit. I have a job to do. I might not understand now what this job is, but if I have to be there, I would be there. And funny enough that I was the only person, there were two other women that showed up, but through the whole, the three rites of the church, the uh, funeral home, and the actual burial, I was the only witch Standing mm. to oh my. observe with the 
there, there's a lot going on that I'm not going to put it out here because this is not, this is a private matter, but I was the witch standing and observing. And then I was very lucky that the people that contacted me became almost like family and I could come back after they were buried and do some ritual rites like Palo, like smoking cigars mm-hmm. and offering libations and saying prayers and then doing another rite to be able to do that. But I felt that I did not have a choice. And I actually had communicate, like I had to talk to spirit and I was like, you know, in my foul mouth, I was like, dude, you couldn't die in, in, in some like drowning. It had to be fire and I need to drive through all of that. And the answer <laughs> was like, I'm a witch. I would not drown. I would float. So you mm-hmm. know, like I, when I got that, I was like, I know exactly who it is and I will do it. Mm-hmm. I will drive. I don't like driving. People that I don't know, and I'm going to go through all this stuff, and people are going to look at me like, who the hell are you? And I will do that because this is necessary. This is my job, and this is where Madam Nadia graduated a whole other level, and the responsibility of the root worker, the responsibility of the spiritual person in the community is much larger than doing a spell to bring your lover back or to get you more money or whatever it is. And when we make meaningful connections with people, those connections run across generations and time and space. Yeah. yeah. I think it's wow. important to, to kind of say here that, that working with the dead is a really central component of hoodoo. Now, that, to be clear, not all root workers will work with the dead. Uh, some come mm-hmm. from a tradition that are slightly more uncomfortable with spirits of the dead. But I know growing up uh, in, in hoodoo, um, when I was kind of adopted into this tradition, my teacher told me that there's really only four pillars of voodoo, four sources of power, right? And she comes from um, a tradition that is deeply Baptist, so that there wasn't a lot of saint work with her. There wasn't any kind of she she was she was Southern Baptist Christian, right? So there wasn't a concept of gods. There wasn't a concept of spirit of like uh, nature spirits. There wasn't even a concept of uh, of saints. She said, "There's four spirits that you turn to: God, the devil, the roots, and the dead. That's mm. it. Those are the those are the things you call upon to do root work." So she had a very strong tradition of working with the dead, and that manifested in in my teaching and in my current work. I work with the dead a lot, um, both a, as a root worker and in my tradition as a, a conjurer in the kind of Middle Eastern forms of magic. My first kind of foray into uh, professional work is, was as an exorcist, and Kat knows this history, um, mm-hmm. was as an exorcist dealing with the jinn and dealing with the dead. Um, and, and in, you know, so I've had a very strong relationship with the dead, but also not just the dead, with death itself, uh, the mm-hmm. archangel uh, Azra, the, the Jewish, uh, the biblical, and Islamic uh, angel of the dead. So I've worked a, a lot with it. And in my experience, the spirits of the dead can kind of fall into a series of categories. The first is just dead spirits, uh, which you'll find in uh, other traditions in the Afro-Caribbean called like muertos. These are the most common forms of spirits that people will work with. They will call them up for help or ask for guidance. These are spirits that can be found more often than not in the cemetery. This can be your local policeman. It can be a lawyer. It can be a firefighter. Mm-hmm. It can be any of these spirits that you call upon. Then there are those spirits known as shades. These spirits don't have a name anymore. They may not be buried in a cemetery. They are kind of faceless, formless, and uh, they can be called upon for a variety of different works. More often than not, they come with a deep sense of fear. 
Um, and and when you work upon with them, or you send them against someone, they can instill dread and terror. Then there are the restless dead. These are those that have not received proper funerals, and also generally are found in a cemetery. And the restless dead are different in shades. They are more angry, they're more frustrated, and they generally have a face, a form, a name that you can call upon them. Many of them become poltergeists, but they too can be called upon by the, by the cunning root worker to do certain works. In uh, Virginian Conjure, this was the most common form of dead we dealt with, the restless dead, and we did what's known as ghost laying, uh, where we do kind of mock funerals and cleansings, washing uh-huh. of tombstones, or taking the spirit and actually burying them in the cemetery. Here's your new home. Leave this person's home alone. Come rest here. So this was the most common. Then the the ancestral dead. The ancestral dead. Also, you may not have a direct connection via cemetery, or you might, but these are the spirits that form you. The int- and they are viewed as like a giant ocean, a sea that distills itself uh, into you, into the living. So they are vast and powerful and wise, and there's a deep chain that you can call upon in your root work uh, or for wisdom. And then finally, there are the kind of heroic dead. And the heroic dead are kind of famous dead people. That doesn't necessarily mean they're good people. They can be bad people also. The heroic dead doesn't mean hero necessary. It just means uh-huh. they're big spirits. They're spirits that aren't just one. They've kind of grown because of their reputation or their name, so they tend to have a certain allure or power to them. Uh, in root work, we don't necessarily call them the heroic dead, but they are the famous dead. People seeking out the, the graves of famous root workers, for example, or celebrities or local legends. That's who the kind of heroic is. You knowing what type of spirit of the dead you're working with is an important kind of first step to doing this kind of root work. That's a that's a wonderful wonderful breakdown of categories. And I'm going to just say mm-hmm. something else too. There are cases in which you may have uh, contact with someone who falls into more than one of these categories. Yes, very much. Um, so. uh-huh. For um, for instance. Um, uh, there are uh, the the heroic famed dead who actually may be your ancestor, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. this is uh, gives an extra emphasis to working with those uh, dead. Um, I love Madame Nadia's English as a second language. Al Capon lives nearby. That's Sorry. right. It's Al Capone. <laughs> <laughs> Al Capone. There's an E on the end. Capone. Um, and mm-hmm. Al Capon would. I looked at that and I went. Uh, a rooster that has been um, neutered. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I've known, in the end of I've known Nadia. I've known Nadia. I've known Nadia long enough that I can make fun of her English. I'm, it's okay. <laughs> well, I love but you Al for Capone, that. Anyway. But, but Al Capone but it, is a good one to bring up, and I just do want to say something about that because, um, and I and Madam Nadia mm-hmm. once worked at Lucky Mojo and helped me with my um, student mm-hmm. record keeping. And um, we do these homework parties, and people have to send in graveyard dirt as one of their signs that they have actually completed the course and are able to do root work. And the the single person for whom graveyard dirt has been turned in most often is Al Capone. And yeah. Um, yeah. Al Capone, according to many people who've gone to Al Capone's uh, grave, 
you can't hardly dig the dirt but for finding coins in the dirt. It, they're everywhere, uh-huh. right? And there mm-hmm. are coins all over the heads. And there are cigars. And there's, I mean, this guy, and one of my one of my students famously wrote in that he, he was a psychic sensitive and he went to go to get, collect the dirt. And he goes, oh, my God. He goes, it was like a party. And Al Capone was sitting on the headstone laughing and said, just throw the money anywhere. <laughs> oh, my God. And, uh, so oh, my God. Yeah, so that's ah. he's a he's the he is the so far the guy and the and the next most often uh, graveyard dirt and sent to me are the graveyard dirt of Bonnie and Clyde, who were also oh, famous, but they come with a, a proviso. They had wanted to be buried together and they were not allowed to be, and so uh-huh. it is a tradition that apparently mediums have have worked out with this is that you can only take Bonnie's graveyard dirt if you promise to take twice as much as you need, and carry half of it to Clyde's grave and sprinkle it on his grave. Oh, interesting. Interesting. And this is the key to working with the the dead, right, is that they each have their own kind of different approaches. There is a tradition within Hoodoo on how to work with the dead. You call upon the dead for guidance. Lots of root workers work with the spirit of dead and divination. You work for the spirit of the dead in the magical works, whether, you know, to draw money for protection, to, to curse and to cross. But there is a kind of way of working with them, and that is that you employ them. You gather the dirt, and then you give something in return, coins, alcohol, something. Uh-huh. Now, some might have their own kind of unique approaches. They want, oh, I want a little bit of alcohol. Oh, I want some cigarettes or some cigar. Oh, I want some flowers. But the point is that there is a tradition, there's a transactional relationship with the dead, not an exploitative relationship with the dead. The dead aren't seen as tools. They're seen as people. And so there's a relationship that's built there. It doesn't have to be a friendly one. It could just be a professional uh-huh. one. But this is at the kind of heart of the tradition of hoodoo, is that the relationship you build is a transaction. You give something to them in order for them to work for you. Yeah. All righty. Well, gosh, this was short, and we could have talked twice as long. But I do uh-huh. have to say... Um, there is a, a lot here. There's a lot of deepness. There's a lot of sadness. And there are a lot of traditional ways to work with the dead, which you can tap into. And I hope someone writes a book about it soon. All right. We need a part four, says uh, Nagashiva, because we have talked about this in the past, but we will be talking about it some more. Um, and... Uh, and also, um, I would like to just quickly make a shout out Martin Coleman's book, uh, Communing with the Spirits, mm, yeah. and um, mm-hmm. and the and the Fate Magazine book, Psychic Pets. I know that sounds people like what, but just trust me, it's a good book. <laughs> Psychic mm-hmm. Pets, published by Fate Magazine. All right, I'm going to turn this over to Papa Newt. And we're going to take our first client. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo We Work Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Lucky Contraman Ali, and this week's special guest, Madam Nadia, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination and prescribing down-home conjure remedies and remediation. Our calling clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818 818- Three nine four eight five three five. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the form, please dial in now to eight one eight three nine four eight five three five and press one to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We will select callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, 
We'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer, Papa Newt, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our host. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller. And our first caller is calling in from area code 847 in Chicago. This is Nikki. Nikki, are you there? Hi, I'm here. Hi, welcome hello? to the show. This is your first time calling in, and thank you for entrusting us uh, with your situation this evening. Thank you. And taking a look at your information, it looks like you have not had any private readings with Miss Cat or Conjurman Ali or any other readers and rubricers on this particular situation. Is that correct? Correct. Thank you. And Nikki writes, uh, general reading, I have been single and working on myself a lot this past year. Uh, connecting to, with my, uh, to my spirits and really evolving as a person. Now that I am more grounded, am I ready to meet someone? Turning back to you, Miss Cat. All right. Well, hi, Nikki. Uh, nice Hello. to meet you. I have a couple of questions for you before I read. Uh, number one is what sign of the zodiac are you? I am a Cancer Sun, Capricorn Moon, and Sagittarius Rising. Oh, what an interesting combination. Capricorn Moon hmm, and Sag Rising. There's the the twist. <laughs> the other one made sense, but that's an odd one. Um, yeah. Okay. And about um, how old are you? What, you know, just generally speaking? Um, I'm 35. 35. Okay. Um, yeah. All righty. Um Oh, Nagashiva, he asked, I'm a Sagittarian writing, what's odd about it? You're not a Cancer with a Capricorn moon, honey. It's a, it's the combination. Um, he's so funny. He wants to be part of everything. Um, cancer Sun is very uh, gentle and shy sometimes, easily hurt, extremely sensitive. Capricorn moon is um, very practical and um, can be a little bit on the... Um, you know, orderly, so therefore not spontaneous side. And Sag Rising is like all spontaneous to hell. I mean, it's like so <laughs> spontaneous. So, yeah, they there's a little mix-up there. Um, I'm going to say that the way you appear to people is probably quite a bit different than the way you are internally. Is that the case? Very true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's just that your, your, your externals, your Sagittarius Rising, uh, is a whole different party than the party that you're living in. <laughs> so, Very true. Uh, un- unusual, unusual. Okay, now, and you are 35, you said, so you're past your Saturn return, so you're you're in your uh, prime of your adulthood. So the question is, um, are you ready to meet someone? And I have to say something else about that. Truly, that is a Cancerian question <laughs> to ask, because... Um, uh, you know, I could just give you like Aries. So I'm gonna go out and meet someone now, right? Mm-hmm. And Taurus, Taurus <laughs> is like, just tell all your friends I'm here, and you know, just bring them on over, right? I'll fuck with them. You know, it's fine, you know. <laughs> Gemini, Gemini is out there like, um, you know, uh, I'm on the internet. I'm gonna meet everybody, and one after another, and there's gonna be a zillion of them. Um, uh-huh. but, but Cancer is more like, am I ready to meet someone yet? Cancer is a very sensitive sign, and they they are gentle. They can be made fun of because of their uh, gentleness and their shelteredness. And I'm not here to make fun of you, but I'm saying that, that was a very Cancerian question. All right, I want to answer the question now. 
Um, card number one, the magician. Yes, you are. The magician shows a uh, person holding a rod of power with a um, bower of red roses overhead, a table with the signs of the zodiac uh, subtly engraved all around the edge of the table, and four tools uh, of the four elements, earth, air, fire, and water, uh, a disc or coin, a cup or goblet, a sword, and a rod or wand. And they're on the table, and this... um, figure has a belt made of a snake biting its own tail, which implies some sort of sexual morality. And at the below, there are roses and lilies. So I'm going to ask a question. Um, do you have any children or do you want any children? Uh, I have no children and possibly if I meet someone. <laughs> yeah. And not looking because for it. Yeah. You're not looking for it. Well, this is something that's interesting to me because the the lilies at the bottom are usually either children or pets or pet projects, but they're a non-sexual component. The roses are always sexuality. So this is about drawing, using, you can use your energy of your sexual desire energy to bring someone into your life and maybe even a baby or a pet or some animal person project that you care for that is not just about what we Torians call the fucking part of the relationship. <laughs> right? So um, so you have, this is complex and you have an infinity symbol over your head and you certainly have the ability through prayer and through bringing down your um, power. It's, it's quite a good card. It's very, very good. Uh, the next okay. card is one that says to me that there is a bit of an obstacle, and the obstacle is not um, insurmountable, but it, the obstacle that you face is one that says to me, you may have felt in the past that you did not, um, you were not treated as well as you may have been. And uh, the card shows a woman <clears throat> waking up from a, a nightmare, and there are swords hanging over head over her bed and she's in a single bed and um it's the nine of swords is the number of the card and she is um had a sort of a nightmare of loneliness and on carved on the side of the bed is a scene of somebody stabbing someone through the heart and things in her past or dreams or fears that she had do impact her you need to when you feel that kind of fear or loss you need to um Remember that waking up is the best thing you can do. And here she sits with her hands over her eyes, kind of crying and going, oh, my God, what if it What if it really is a nightmare? What if I am going to be alone in my lonely bed forever? And my recommendation is wake up. She has a beautiful quilt with red roses, which are interesting because we had the magician before with the red roses, and also all the signs of the zodiac. Don't let the past um, make your future. Don't let your fears... Um, you will be ready, let's put it this way, you will be ready when you bond with other people and and when your fears become something that you can open your eyes from and wake up. And that is a a situation that is not, I mean, it's like not, I can't just say, yeah, run for it, because there is a little (laughs) problem here, okay? There There is a bit of a problem about things that have happened to you in the past. And, Cancerians are the most easily um, crushed by their past. 
Um, they are very easily crushed people, and they need a lot of security and comfort. And um, they, you know, if they have a blessed life and never had a problem, they're good to go. But if a cancer has been crushed, it takes them a while to kind of um, rebuild. They, they're not. Um, it's not easy for them to trust. And this looks like you had some past issues. Is that the case? Am I? Very, very true. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, well, the next <laughs> the next card is a good card, and and so I see that the next card is called the Empress. So we have two trumps here: one trump, then a number oh. card, then another trump. And both these trumps have yellow skies, which are signs of activity. And the Empress is a beautiful woman with a a shield to protect herself, and um, or it's a heraldic shield, but it's in the form of a heart, and it has um, the symbol for the planet Venus. And what we say is her love is her shield. Her heart is her shield. She has beautiful um, embroidered clothes. She has Venus symbols all over. You're definitely ready for love. You're also probably <laughs> a good cook. She has a, uh, a little field of barley or wheat at, in the front. Um, you would be very good at, at child care, if you wish to have children, you would be a good mother. And she has um, a starry crown. She's gentle. She's kindly. It's a very good card. Yes, you would make a very good um, uh, person to be in love with. You you have what it takes, as long as your fears can be left behind. And that is what I see. Sorry, I took a little over here on my time. I'm going to turn this over wow. now to Nadia. Hey, Nikki. Thank you so much for letting me read for you. Thank you. Um, I dropped a few cards down while uh, Miss Cat was talking. And if Miss Cat got two trumps, I got two knights here. So it's very interesting that that's showing up. So the first card that I got is the Knight of Swords. And in my deck, um, this Knight of Swords has a very interesting um, feeling to him because he has this almost like a cobra snake thing coming out of his mouth. So he's very intense, and he can say all kinds of things that will traumatize you, but it also can really touch you very deeply. So if we're going to go into this whole contrarian mode and you're, you're, you, you know, chilled <laughs> and everything, this is the type of person that can hit you through that. And sometimes it's too harsh, and sometimes it's what you need. And then we have the Two of Swords, which is sort of a balancing card. And then we have the Knight of Pentacles, which is a completely different type of a dude. This guy is set in his ways. He's very balanced. He's very organized. He's going to maybe think before he's talking. He's definitely not the Knight of Swords. But what I'm seeing here is that you dealt with both of these dudes. And now what's happening is, like, you're like, well, what do I really want? Do I want somebody to hit me over the head with their words? Or do I want somebody who's going to take care of me? And how is that going to play out? And now I'm sitting on my ass and thinking about all this stuff, and I'm not getting any. <laughs> so my approach to that, I was like, you know what? I got to pull another card for this chick because this is like, I just explained to her what happened, but we need more than that. So I got the card of temperance. And temperance yeah. usually talks about the period of time of Sagittarius. Even the, and you have some Sagittarius in you. You already told us that you have Sagittarius rising. But what it's mm-hmm. telling me is that the period of Sagittarius, which we are about to come upon, to be a very fertile ground for you either to invoke some kind of new love or to actually meet somebody. But you need to resolve the situation of this two nights. You either need to decide I want to go this way or that way 
or you need to put it together into your magical sort of invoking situation saying, I want my man to be able to do both of this because this is what I need and this is what my nature needs. I need him to be able to say all this stuff to me, but I also need him to be organized and not be some fuck boy running around just talking. <laughs> Does that make sense? Absolutely, 100%. Okay. <laughs> well, that, wow. that's what I have to say. And now I'm going give, to give it over to Countryman Ali that's going to solve all of it. <laughs> <laughs> You've received some fantastic readings here. Um, it's interesting that you, you said, I'm grounded now, and so I'm ready for uh, a relationship. That's a very Capricorn thing. So your Cancer Capricorn are coming through <laughs> very clearly, uh, in your, even in your question. But uh, the great thing is you you are a Cancer, and it is a um, sign that is always loved and will always kind of find love um, even if they're hurt along the way cancers don't remain uh, unloved for particularly long but we have to help heal a little bit of the uh, of the hurt and the self doubt and the and the questioning uh, to let your you know to let yourself shine so what i want you to do is i want you to take a piece of paper and i want you to write down the qualities you are looking for in a partner, the people, you know, whatever you're interested in. I want someone who is financially stable, who is devoted, who is affectionate, uh, who's handsome or beautiful or sexy or whatever it is. You're going to write on it, then you're going to fold this up and place this under your pillow and you're going to sleep on it. When you wake up, you are going to revise the list, reducing it down to the things that truly matter. So your first list, you can let it go as freely, be as long as you want it to be. But I always recommend clients to not write more than 25 at first and then to reduce it down to about seven qualities that they're looking for. You're going to repeat this for a total of three days, reducing, revising, until you've got uh, a core list. And it doesn't have to be seven. It can be ten. It can be whatever. But it should represent the essence of who you are looking for. Remove the stuff that are that is trivial. Remove the stuff that can be combined. So, for example, if you have something that says, oh, he should make six figures and he should be financially stable, that can be one qualification. Okay? So that this is the purpose of the revising, right? It's to really reduce it to, to what really matters. On the third day, you should have your perfect list. This is the list of who you are looking for. Take this list and write it on two pieces of paper. You're going to need two, okay? Set these aside. I want you to take rose petals, Queen Elizabeth, catnip, violet leaves to heal your heart, and a little bit of honey, and you're going to brew this into a tea. What you'll do is you'll brew this all into a tea and then just add a little dollop of honey. Breathe your prayer into it by reciting uh, what it is you desire, and then the list that you came up with. Breathe it into the tea. You're going to wash yourself with it from uh, the tip of your toes to the top of your head. You're drawing this love to you. You're going to go ahead and do that and then allow yourself to air dry. Sprinkle a little bit, the whatever of the uh, used bath water, a bit of it that's left over. Just sprinkle it on your front door. While you are... Uh, air drying or once you are air dried while you do this naked this next portion let yourself be completely open to the act of uh, finding new love take the first piece of paper with the list on it fold it up and place it in the center of the table on top of that place some form of heat proof dish a sensor or a thurible 
take the second list and place it on top of the sensor and thermal. So it's kind of sandwiched between these two lists. On top of the paper, I want you to put some come-to-me incense. Light the incense, and while the incense is smoking, get yourself a red flannel bag or a mojo bag. And into this place, Queen Elizabeth root, lovage, rose petals, violet leaves, and cuba berries. But don't close it just yet. Smoke this open bag. Try to capture a little bit of the smoke. It's going to take, be careful. Don't dump any of the uh, ingredients out. Capture it and do this for three days, lighting the incense and capturing the smoke. On the fourth day, take the paper that was underneath the incense bag, uh, underneath the incense, I'm sorry, and place it into your bag. Close it and pray over. Pray that this bag will draw you your ideal lover. Smoke it for another four days, for a total of seven days. On the last day, the seventh day, take the paper that is left, that is, you've been burning incense on, light some more incense, and burn that paper to ash. Mix it all together. Keep your mojo bag with you wherever you go. Feed it a little bit of whiskey. Take the ashes of the incense to the crossroads, blow it to the four corners, and call your lover wherever this person is to come to you. Take what's left of the incense, dab it at the four corners of your bed. This way, you've created a paper that goes out and represents your lover, and a paper that you keep close to you. The incense work will draw in your lover, and the mojo bag will keep that lover with you. And we're working with all the elements that represent your kind of zodiac mix, if you will. We've got water there, we've got earth there, uh, and we've got fire as well. This is my recommendation. We have a, a minute, so let's see if there's any uh, adjustments made by our colleagues. Wow. I want to run through this uh, one more time. You, the mojo bag, which was violet, yep. cubeb, roses, and there was something else which I missed. Maybe Queen catnip? Elizabeth. Ah, Queen Elizabeth root. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, of course, it anchors the mojo. Um, and then the other question I had was the tea. There was yes. um, something in the tea. What was the ingredients of the tea? It was uh, um, rose petals, Queen Elizabeth, catnip, violet leaves, and then a little bit of honey added to it. Ah, uh, honey. Okay, thank you. I'm, I'm, we're trying to write all this down. Um, and uh, and Papa Nude is doing a great job trying to catch us up here. <laughs> And, um, and and then I capturing the smoke for three days, and then I mm-hmm. I was typing and I missed what happens. How do we get to the seventh day? What happens on days four, five, and six? On day four, you put the paper that was underneath into the mojo bag, close it, and four, five, and ah. six, you continue to smoke it in the incense. But now the closed okay. bag. Okay. Okay. Pa- paper under paper goes into mojo. Got it. Yeah. All right. Mm. Um, that's good. Um, this is real old-fashioned work, by the way. I, mm-hmm. I love it. There's nothing I would add to this. It's just it's just super old-fashioned work. Um, the only thing that I might add is if you thought you were under attack, which this client did not say or implicate, mm-hmm. and we got no mm-hmm. cards that said it, but if you wanted to do this spell and felt that you had been under attack, I would do a little bit of outdoor protection before even starting the spell, oh, possibly just putting Jinx Killer around the borders of your property. Nothing serious. But that's the only thing I understand. Uh, this is a great spell. Great old, old-fashioned work. Okay. All righty. Um, wow. Well, let's turn this over to Papa Newt, and we're going to have our next client. 
Support for this programming is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Rootworkers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our next client. And our next client is a return caller calling in from area code 470 in Georgia. This is Shay. Shay, are you there? Oh, Shay, are you there? Uh-oh. Um, well, do we want to just do the reading for Shay, um, even though Shay has, has um, left us here? Um, I would be just as glad to do it uh, because we've already announced it. And um, let's just go ahead with reading for Shay, although Shay is not in the building, okay? Well, uh, Papa Newt, fill us in in the situation, please. Certainly. And Shay writes, I have been single for three years and would like to know when will I find love. I am starting to become lonely as the days pass. I was uh, talking to a guy, but I don't know where where it's headed, but I don't want to waste time if it's headed nowhere. Turn back to you, Miss Kat. Ah, very interesting. Okay. Um mm. Very similar, very similar question. That's why, because I saw the question, Madam Nadia, that's why I wanted to go ahead with it. Um, but we have received, and again, no offense to Shay, and if you listen to this uh, show later, Shay, no offense to you, but as a reader, I just got a very clear message because Shay had been there, had been selected, and Shay was gone. And yeah. Shay's question concerned um, talking to a guy but don't know where it's headed, doesn't want to waste time if it's headed nowhere. And Uh, I could... You get where I'm going with this, honey? uh I I can read that. I read it right off the fact that Shay dropped off the line. It's headed Uh nowhere. But I'm going to read the cards. I could read the cards. But I tell these stories sometimes about how readers get impressions um, so that we understand how a reader works. So just as a reader, that was my sign. I don't need to go anywhere further. But let's turn this over to Kanjaman Ali, and he's going to do the reading. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Katz, absolutely right. Our, our impressions matter, right? Impressions are the, the kind of psychic thoughts that we have, little things that act as signs, omens, etc. Um, and they certainly do matter here. And I think uh, it comes out in, in, in the reading. Um, I've, I've done a quick geomantic chart and then all three cards to kind of co- confirm it. Um, but let's just say that one of the cards that came out uh, speaks exactly to what Ms. Kat's saying. It's the Eight of Cups, right? That's the person walking away um, into the darkness uh, and, and, and away from uh, golden goblets that have been stacked up, the effort, the time, the kind of wisdom that's being offered, the comfort that's being offered, walking away into something lonely. The the, card, uh, the uh, geomantic chart and the cards all confirm one thing, that we're dealing with uh, something deeply internal, and it is manifesting in the life, kind of a law of attraction uh, work, if you will. The first figure for geomancy here is Carcer, and Carcer is a figure of feeling trapped within a cycle, and it is 
something that 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 uh, you're unable to kind of break out of. Something needs to change in Shay's life if she wants to stop, uh, you know, being stuck in this moment. When people say that they feel lonely or they feel um, unable to find love, the, the follow-up question is, well, what are you doing to address that? Um, and it needs to be more than getting a reading, right? There, this is a uh, a loneliness is something that can be overcome. Um, it's a difficult thing, especially if you're shy or nervous uh, or whatnot, but it can be overcome. There are many opportunities to do so. This stems from a hurt that she's experienced, a sense of loss that she's experienced, and that is a miso, the next figure. Um, there is a sense of deep emotional pain and loss that tells us her past experiences continue to shape her present moment um, and her fear of being left alone or feeling that hurt again. Um, has put her in a somewhat of a precarious position. The current person she is speaking with will not go uh, anywhere. This person is not likely going to manifest into something uh, more long-lasting. And more important than that, it's important to recognize that she should not waste time with this person. If she has doubts, if she has hesitations, she should listen to those and be able to kind of move on and go, well, I'm not going to settle for someone who's not going to give me their full attention. I'm not going to settle for someone who isn't going to be that person. But even the question of should I stick around, that, that, that's setting yourself up, right? You're setting yourself for, up for her. Oh, I'm not so sure about this. I don't feel too good about this. Um, but, you know, maybe if I get a green light from a reader, I'll stick through this. That's not uh, where you should be. You should mm-hmm, be in a place where mm-hmm. you go, I don't feel uh-huh. good. I need to go. Um, and that's that's Amiso here. That's the hurt heart that keeps you in that prison, in that stuck place. Um, but the good part of this, the kind of uh, outside answer, is that you can find something new. You don't have to be in that position. Fortuna Mayor is in the future. This is major fortune. That is a luck turning around. But luck turning around from personal effort. If you're waiting to stop feeling lonely, it's never going to happen. But if you go out and you force yourself out of your comfort zone, out of your place of hurt, and you do the things you need to do in your life to build towards success, then you will have it. I do sense it will take uh, several months. Spring is when you'll start to see a big change. That's when new love will come into your life. And I see this in the final figure, which is the judge, and that is uh, Kappa Traconis, the head of the dragon. New love will come into your life. It'll come around March time. This person will likely be a mercurial figure themselves. You'll probably connect with them online or via text message uh, of some sort. They are probably uh, a Gemini, uh, perhaps, or, or another figure that has uh, Mercury quite prominent there. So be aware of this person. But in the meantime, you need to do work to help gain some confidence and strength, some work with Queen Elizabeth, some work with some bathing, and then put yourself out there. The good news is you can find love. Just stop, you know, messing about with the stuff that's going to get you mired in the mud. That's my reading here. I'm going to turn this over to Madame Nadia. Uh, who uh, is quite an expert in helping women with uh, female empowerment. And then Madam uh, or Miss Cat will uh, give us uh, some good work recommendations at the end. Thank you. Well, I drew some cards as well for Shay, even though she is not on there. And I, my reading here shows a lot of what Ali's chart is talking about. The first card I got, Seven of Cups. She doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know what to choose. She doesn't want to move in any direction. She's confused by whatever this situation is. 
and what in the person that is with her. The next card that I got is the Four of Pentacles. This is the Miser King. So this is a, a place, to me, this is always uh, the scent of desperation. This is, I'm going to be stuck in this situation, but I'm so scared to let go of it because I don't want to be alone. So I'm going to stay with this person, even though they're really not giving me anything because I'm afraid to let go. I'm afraid to be on my own. And the reading ends in the Nine of Swords. So, yeah, this person is not going to make you happy. In fact, the longer you're going to keep yourself in the state of mind, in this miser king position, this confusion, the more it's going to hurt you down the line and it's going to become some sort of a psychological nightmare or, or really a negative kind of energy that needs to be moved. And with all these cards, these cards are, are quite passive. And I'm really agreeing with Ali that this is where a person needs to, to sort of make a personal effort and say, I am done with this. This is not good enough. I'd rather be on my own than being stuck in the situation that is going nowhere. And I kind of know where it is. And I'm but see, this is like I'm picking up a really strong feeling that this is a person who's afraid to hear that. So this is like I'm going to call into the show and I'm going to ask for your advice, but I'm so afraid that you're going to tell me that this dude is not good for me and it's going nowhere that I'm not going to come through. Okay? Right. So this is, this is what I pick up from here, just really highlighting what has been said before. And Miss Kat, I, I know you will um, enlighten Shay here and how to proceed. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. And... Um... This uh, this is an interesting situation for me. Um, one of the things I find in reading for people is that people want the reader to give them the answer they want, and then they sometimes will bail on a call or a reading because they have fear that you won't give them the answer they want, which mm-hmm. they will then tell their friends and tell the world, oh, all that psychic reading is nonsense anyway, or they will say, well, I'm glad I used a fake name because no one will know what my deepest fear was. So I'm going to just say that no matter how Shay feels about this in the end, I that we went ahead with the reading, I do want to say to Shay, I have compassion and I have, a, a, you know, it's terrible to be lonely. This guy mm-hmm. we, we know is a not, not not relevant and it's not headed anywhere and you should not waste time. So let's talk about um, going back to square one as if that guy had not existed and we're just going to talk about a general attraction for new mm-hmm. love. Now, the irony of that is that Ali just gave in the last reading a spell I could not improve on. So just rewind that tape, as we used to say, Just or now digitally, just slide that little slidey bar back because that's the spell I would have given or a variant of it that I would have given. There's nothing I can add to what Ali did, and it's not because I'm, I'm not uh, clever. <laughs> he gave the best spell. Mm-hmm. We just happen to have two clients that ultimately mm-hmm. need the same spell. If our reading had indicated that the new uh, guy was perfect, we would have gone on to a different spell. But we're not. We're going going back to square one again. So I almost, I know this sounds kind of strange, I almost have nothing to say other than, um, you know, the bath tea, um, I would do it, you know, maybe three uh, times in a row rather than one. That's about all I'm going to ask. Really. Um, And seriously, um, 
Go back and, and, and listen to what he said before. I'm sorry, Ollie. I, I mean, there's no really no reason for me no, to be redundant a, here. No, absolutely. Sure. The only thing I would say is, is maybe for, I mean, this, you're absolutely right. That spell will work perfectly for this situation, too. Um, the only thing I would say is maybe in addition, uh, when you go out, you've got your mojo bag from that spell, wear a little bit of the oil for a scent. Um, because I'm sensing that she, loneliness is has a way has a pall, if you will, right? And both of you have mm-hmm. this. Anyone mm-hmm. who's a psychic uh, or an empath, you can almost smell loneliness, right? It's got a um, it's got a pall to it, a look to it, and and that can be really detrimental to finding love. So you can be willing and able, but that kind of feeling of loneliness can reverberate out. Uh, so maybe um, kind of an energetic shift. The bath will already do this. But wearing this one of the scents, like look me over or come to me, which we used in the previous spell, uh, as a scent, like as an actual perfume, put it on your wrist, put it behind your ears, or can really also kind of shift that smell or that, that, that pall that, that hangs over you. That's a very good point. The two clients are mm-hmm. different in that. Yeah. And Madam Nadia pointed this out too. And I'm just going to read what you wrote, Nadia. Consume a bit of honey to remind yourself that sweetness oh, is possible. Yeah. That's yeah. very, very good. And Shiva in the chat log uh, suggested um, Crucible of Courage, Love Me, and Clarity. And Miss um, Michael seconded that emotion. This is a little bit... Uh, different and the, the situations are the same but this yeah. client needs a bit more courage and i would also say that one way to develop um happiness in the face of loneliness is to sit for a moment and think about someone something some being who is in more fear and despair than you, and then resolve to help that being or class of beings. Mm-hmm. And um, this uh-huh. is a, this is comes under the heading of psychology as well as spirituality. But if when you sit alone and you think, oh my gosh, those poor uh, burned animals from the campfire, go help them, right? Mm, yeah. If you think, oh, those children that need the cleft lip surgery Uh, Uh go help them Uh whatever it is something will come to your mind and one way to not be lonely is to be part of what generally might be called in in the internet world a rescue community and a rescue community is a community of people organized for specific forms of rescue um, for instance, the rescue of wild animals. Um, that can take the form of education. It can take the form of money mm-hmm. donation. It can take the form of on-the-ground health care and services. It can be for rescue for domestic animals and would might add then fostering or adopting, and again, education and so forth. It can take the form of rescuing ecosystems and, again, forwarding posts, uh, news articles, mm-hmm. helping. Um, it can take the form of um, rescuing humans. It might be mm-hmm. that some problem that you had, which you've worked to overcome, and it, it could be anything from drug addiction or alcohol addiction to being a sexual abuse survivor, that if you join the rescue community for those people, and I do not mean the victim community, I mean the rescue community, yeah. that you will find other people who are now having hit 
whatever bottom they had to hit in that community are now on the upward bound trail of rescue. Mm-hmm. And take take as your symbol the Knight of Wands, the rescuing knight, the helper uh, knight. Yeah. Mm. And so this is not to say that you should say, I have no right to be lonely. Of course you have a right to be lonely. Yeah. But you should join the loneliness rescue community and mm-hmm. um, if you want to only deal with humans. But I find that for my clients and for myself that often becoming part of another, whether it's hummingbird rescue, butterfly, mm-hmm. environmental, whatever it is, put yourself into it. You will meet other people, and they will have one qualification out of the seven that Ollie has put on your paper there, has had you put on your paper, <laughs> I should say. One out of the seven is they will be involved in the rescue community that you're involved in. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, mm-hmm. so... Um, it's a it, it, it try to mend the world is what I'm saying. Yes, try to mend and the world. you can start that way. This is a really important and sage advice and deeply spiritual to, um, you know, and it can apply to other situations. If you're poor, get involved in charitable works. Right, uh, when you give and you help, you are starting to attract. In that, you're you're shifting something energetically there, um, and spiritually, you can start this work um, when you. you rescue work online at first. It can be finding an online community, a forum. It can be sharing articles. It can be whatnot. But it is important that at some point it shift into the physical world. It should involve meeting Mm -hmm. physical people and helping physically with uh, this type of rescue work because that is going to be important. When you create – I mean, the Internet is such a wonderful, fantastic tool. It is a tool to connect us globally in a way we've never met. You know, I think, Kat, you once joked, if you're into whatever kink you're into – Having sex in stormtrooper outfits, you will find your community, right? And that's <laughs> right. True, right? Yes. Yeah. And or I will never yeah. forget when when Kat said that to me. I'm like, she's so right. It's true. There's, you know, you could find anything online. But the next step is once you've met your community online, to also make those physical connections because so long as they remain virtual, they only happen at your home behind a computer screen. And that can actually hurt with loneliness. So it's a great way to find the community, but use it as a stepping stone. Then take the next step because that's going to really shift things for for you, uh, Shay. Hopefully she hears this. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Also, Madam, Madam Nadia said something I, I want to pick up. Wash your hair with that tea as well. And, mm. um, and um, be, you know, Add coconut water and love oil and ice to it. Make it real cold and then oh, go out. Yeah. Mm, that's, um, nice. that's a that's a very good thing. And uh, Shiva is off in the corner saying, not just a virtual uh, ephemera. In other words, you you need to, you do need to go out. And Miss um, Michael wrote, my daughter met her boyfriend of ten years with whom she now lives through an online community, and they still take part in it. And um, that is absolutely true. Nagashiva and I met through a, a shared interest group in Usenet, and it was four years mm-hmm. before he actually came and saw me, and we mm-hmm. made it real. So virtual doesn't doesn't uh, cut it in the end. You really do need to get out there. Um, I also refer to this not just stormtrooper sex, but my other more favorite way of mentioning it is wild bird rescue marriage. And I've told the story <laughs> online. <laughs> the, the lady who I said, there'll be somebody out there, even if it's just wild bird rescue. 
And six months later, she came back with her engagement ring and said, hey, you were right. I met him at Wild Bird Rescue. And it was just a <laughs> random phrase I had randomly picked out of the air. Oh, I love that. Spirit-led. <laughs> so, so, all right. Good luck to Shay. And um, I guess now we're going to go to our insanely um, electronic form of advertising ourselves. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 4 to 5, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for a free spell segment with Madam Nadia of madamnadia.com in Chicago, Illinois. Take it away, Madam Nadia. Thank you, Papa News. So today's spell is. Um, essentially, for me, a homage to Yasmina, who was an ancestral witch, and from whom I learned as well. So I like to always name the people that I learn with and uh, work with and obviously um, have a relationship with. So I put a, a link down there. Um, there is, I already put it online for those that want to read later or have it archived. But this is a necromantic right to call upon an ancestor for guidance. And I want you to understand that sometimes a lot, some people know their ancestry really well, and some people don't know their ancestry at all. They don't know who they, um, their grandparents or great-grandparents, or maybe they've been adopted, or maybe they actually want to connect to the line that they are adopted into. All of that is still possible with the spell. So don't feel discouraged if you don't know who is that specific ancestor that you want to talk to. But if there is a specific ancestor, let's say I know that Miss Cat has an ancestress that was a really good businesswoman and you want a business advice, you might want to connect with that specific one ancestor. It is your choice. Uh, what I'm saying is that make a specific, a special place where you're going to make this ritual. Try not to have it in your bedroom if you can. Because um, if we start setting up ancestral altars in our bedrooms, our ancestors get to see all kinds of intimate acts they're not particularly interested in seeing. So if you have other choice than making it in your bedroom, do it somewhere else. For this spell, you will need quite a few things. So one thing that I want you to get is a small picture frame. And you can put a picture of that ancestor that you're calling upon in that frame. Or you can put a piece of paper with, with their name, if there is no photo or picture, or you can write something along the lines, my head ancestor, because this comes from a tradition that believes that you have one ancestor that would usually come through and talk for everybody else and give advice in times of need. So you can write my head ancestor if you have no idea who you're calling to. You will need a small glass of cold water, you will need a self-lightening incense charcoal disc, and you will need some herbs and curious. So um, please get some anise, get some wormwood, get some tobacco, 
get some mugwort, get some mint, acacia, and gum arabic, which is essentially acacia, and some sandalwood, okay? So we're going to get those, and then get either some, a little bit of your hair um, or nail clippings, and that if you're calling to an ancestor that is part of your genetic actual makeup, or if, like I said, you belong to a new family and you want to connect to somebody there, um, get some, and Miss Kat is going to laugh at my accent, get some quassia, is this how you pronounce it? Because in my yeah, head, I really completely different. Quasia. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we use quasia and hudo a lot when we don't have personal concerns, or this is something that's suggested to use as a personal concern if we don't have to, if we don't have it. So if, you don't, if you're not ge- genetically connected to that line, or you want to connect genetically, you can use, uh, not genetically, but you want to line yourself up with it, you can also take a piece of your hair and piece of quasia, and that would work as well. And get yourself some heat-proof container to burn incense. Now, what I want you to do is that I want you to mix and crush together everything but sandalwood and your personal concerns on or quassia. So mix everything together, the wormwood, the tobacco, the mugwort, the mint, all of that stuff. Put it in one container and then separately combine some sandalwood and some of your hair or nail clippings or quassia and put it in the other container. Now... What I want you to do is that I want you to set the ritual space. I want you to put that stuff together, and we're going to make it in the shape of a triangle with the picture frame being the tip of that triangle, and then you're going to have in front of it your incense burner, and um, you're going to have your glass of water. Get in, into the right space, you know, get whatever you do to set up the space, light that charcoal, and uh, put a pinch of the mix, the larger mix of herbs, in it and let the energy start sort of rising up, the smoke rising up. When you feel that it's time, I want you to say the following invocation. As the Lord spoke to Moses from the burning bush, so I rightfully petition you, and you will say the name of your ancestor, or you can say the head ancestor, whatever you decided to put in that frame. So I rightfully petition you, so-and-so, my ancestors, to speak to me and guide me. And then you are going to put some of that sandalwood and your personal concerns in. Because one of the things that you learn, if you take Miss Cat's course, is that if you want to make wishes come true, you put some sandalwood and you burn it as you say what you want to happen. So this is one of the reasons we're using sandalwood in this specific spell. So again, as the Lord spoke to Moses from the burning bush, so I rightfully petition you, so-and-so, my ancestors, to speak to me and guide me and put that incense in that sandalwood and your personal concern. Close your eyes, breathe in, see if there are messages that are coming in. Now, this, is, this can be a ritual that just opens the door for that communication. This can be a ritual that you do on the regular basis. It could be a ritual that you do when you need specific guidance. You also can, after you add all of these things in, can speak to that ancestor and say, listen, I'm in a really difficult financial situation. I'm in trouble in my love life. My child is not feeling good. I need to change apartments, whatever it is. Our ancestors, where here they are here to help us. They're the first line we can go to that will try to work it for us. So don't be shy. If there's something specific that you want that ancestor to communicate to about or get guidance, you can do that. 
Otherwise, if you just want to sort of come through and start making connections or get some messages from them, that is totally fine as well. But essentially, that is the spell. Wow. That's a, that is extremely mm. powerful, extremely uh, important work that everyone mm-hmm. should know about. I'm going to just say something about working in a triangle. Um, there are... Uh, I, I'm, uh, this is on my mind because I'm working on a revision of a classic old hoodoo book called Black and White Magic of Marie Laveau, and I'm revising and combining mm. all all previous mm. editions. And um, the, the previous editions go back to 1927. It's been rewritten and changed many times. But one of the things that's important is that in these old, old spells, and these represent the earliest layer of fully formed spells as opposed to just carry this for luck, but really long spells. The burning of um, candles in a triangle, the setting of objects in a triangle is encountered over and over and over again. So is setting a novena, which would be to set nine candles, one on each day. That's entered into hoodoo through New Orleans, through the Catholic uh, influence. So is setting up a cross of seven candles. That is more of a Protestant attitude. Mm. And so are the interlocked triangles. So this is a triangle going up and a triangle going down, Mm. which is not the same as a circle with six points on it. It is actually uh, what would be called a Star of David or Magen David, Shield of David. Um, And I want people to understand when they see these things like a triangle, a cross Mm -hmm. is another one, one in the center and four arms. These are very specific ways of working in hoodoo. You would do well to consider them and carry them with you. So thank you, Madam Nadia, for that, because that is Mm. such a precise way to deal in a triangle. All right. Yeah, and this is a great spell. It's a wonderful spell. All right, I'm going to have to reluctantly bring this to a close and turn this over to Papa Newt. Not that I'm reluctant to hear his dulcet tones because he is such a (laughs) um, well-enunciated speaker with such a beautiful hypnotic voice. Take it away, Um. Papa Newt. And thank you, Madam Nadia of MadamNadia.com in Chicago, Illinois. So being our guest this week, we invite you to join us next week when we'll have another special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Reworkers who will be Papa G of SouthernFolkMagic.com in Nashville, Tennessee, bringing us the topic on Tessiomancy. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubble Cower brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo form at form.luckymojo.com and Conjurbandly at the Conjurband.com in Mission Hill, California. I'm your announcer, Papa New, joining from Papa New. In Omaha, Nebraska, the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour can be heard every week live on Block Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive by luckymojo.com For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar streams of the message check and Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Oh, you're such a dear heart. I love you, Papa Right. Impressive, I must say. <laughs> he made it, folks. <laughs> and we can all say good night. Good night. Bye. Bye.